You don't know that. Oh, I don't even think we're on. Yeah, we're definitely not friends on Facebook anymore. That's that true. was just like a one-time deal. Why, why, guys, why you gotta talk like that? Why I say it like it's a negative thing? I'm not saying it like it's a negative thing. I'm no, saying it was Robbie's written it was her. De- it was definitely like a Robbie. Time Robbie thing. didn't write her into the will. That's for sure. He doesn't even remember her name. I do. I remember her name. Her last name. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Welcome back to Ten Tens Podcast. We've made it to our fourth episode. Uh, and we're actually doing it regularly, which is great. We're getting it out once a week, like we said we we're going to. I still really wish we could do two a week because I really enjoy doing this. I'm, I'm into it. Two a week would be sweet, but unfortunately, you're the one that lives an hour we'd away. We'd run out of content really fast. No, if we, we just get way ahead of ourselves, so we could post it in every week. But we would get stuff done faster. Nobody well, wants to listen to us twice a week. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't listen not. to us twice a week either. <laughs> the problem is he lives an hour away. Adam, yep, I'm working on it. Yeah, Give me some time. I hang out at least twice a week. I we, sold we my house for this podcast. That's Adam. not true at all. <laughs> don't don't put that on me. June. Yeah, I can't leave my house till like June or July. So. All right. Well, so you're gonna have to deal with one a week then, I guess, till Adam sells his house. Yep. Which will probably if, be if it. you want more than two a week. Let us know, all right? Or more than we'll, one a week. We have to get some feedback. You let us know. If if someone's like, you know what? I'd listen to both of those twice. You you get out there and you tell us that, and we'll do two a week. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to make it work. And uh, you can tell us on our Facebook page at 10 Tenths Podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the number 10 Tenths Podcast. Um, what else we got? We got our Instagram. Instagram. 10, 10 Tenths Podcast. 10 Tenths Podcast. 10 Tenths Podcast.com. And uh, what else we need to talk about? Oh, rating. Yeah, we need more people to rate us on iTunes, share it with your friends, get it out there, help us out a little bit. Lots yeah. of comments, please. Yeah, and a couple people have. We've gotten some great comments on our Facebook page, and we've gotten like one or two actual reviews on iTunes, which uh, is, I mean, it's huge, because that's really what's going to get it out there is when other people that don't know us look at it and say like, hey, people don't think that this sucks, maybe I'll download it. So yep. That's what we're after. So no one can see how many downloads we've had, so no one knows if this is really popular or really listened to. So the more ratings we get, the more comments we get, the more likely we are to continue allowing you to listen to this terrible stuff. <laughs> um, sponsors? I, I don't have any we sponsors. Don't, oh, I should have still... had a clip for this. We could have had uh, crickets chirping or something. Yeah, we still, we still <laughs> don't have any sponsors. Chirp, 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 chirp. chirp. <laughs> so if you want to sponsor us, you can find us on all our media outlets, but we're probably a ways away from that. Yeah. We are we are all about heckling your crap. So if you're you oh for throw, sure yeah if you want to give us free stuff, we'll tell everybody how great it is. I'll I'll stop you people know, on the street. And you know I will. Stuff. I would even accept discounted stuff at this point. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I don't need it free. I just like just, you, you know, sell it to me at cost, and I'm going to tell everybody you are the greatest yeah. company out there. Throw me seven free T-shirts. I'll wear one every day. There you go. <laughs> So if you own a company and you're willing to sell us stuff at cost, we will talk about you for at least an hour. We'll do a whole episode. Adam will rap his Omni. Yeah, Adam yeah. will rap his entire Dude, Omni. I am not above rapping my <laughs> Omni in anything. Yeah, we will We will actually, legitimately, we will put your name on the cars because we've got four cars that we're going to decal up. We'll put the, we'll put your name on the car for sure. I'll put it on my daily. I'll put it on Katie's Focus. I don't yeah. whatever. You I'll, can't I'll, get cheaper sponsorship or cheaper advertising than this. That's yeah. true. I'll use it to cover up all my scratches. It'll be perfect. Michael's, yeah, Michael's <laughs> been talking about a tattoo. Yeah, I'll do, ta- I'll do a tattoo. I'll right across <laughs> the right <laughs> amount of money. I'll yeah, tattoo. Almost absolutely, anything. absolutely. The more money you pay, the more visible it is. A million bucks might even go on the forehead. You don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. I would do it. Oh, I'll consider God. It. That would be the best day ever. <laughs> but I want, like, Tampax or someone like that. <laughs> Just big Tampax logo across Michael's forehead. That would I would be so happy about Famous that. for the absolute wrong reasons. <laughs> That'll get us our 15 There's minutes no of fame as, for yeah, sure. No such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> oh, man. 
So anyway, uh, today we've got we got a few things we're going to talk about today. We're going to do uh, one or two topics, and then we're going to stick with this news thing because we're going to. This is a thing we're going to try to make work. Um, so we got a few news topics that we're going to run through. Um, but the first one we're going to go through is not nearly as argumentative as the one that we had last time, which was the uh, the sweet debate in which I was right about every single car. Oh God, balls. We talked we about the dream car garage. We are still arguing about this a week I'm later. I'm still mad about it. Why are you mad about it? You know, actually, I kind of wish that we, like, in a year we should do it again, because I've already picked other cars I wish I would have <laughs> said. That's a good point, yeah. Now that we've had a little more time to research it, I yep. bet that we would change our cars. So we may come like, back to that one. If I would make my vintage car a 1959 Cadillac convertible, because 16-year-old me, that was the pinnacle of automotive right there. Well, Chris Austin who actually rated us on iTunes, so thanks, Chris. He was, Thank you. He reminded me of the, I think it's the 63 Lincoln Continental. Which the suicide is, doors from the factory? Ball. That one? That's I, a ball. I, I do car. love that car. That thing on bags? Oh, my God. Yeah, gorgeous. they're good looking. Isn't that, the car, isn't that the car that Marilyn Manson had in the Tainted Love video? Yeah, I think so. That, is, yep, that was so I cool. I think I, Every time I see one of those at Good Guys, I'm like, God damn it, that's a good looking car. Yeah. Anytime you have factory suicides on the back, that's a good deal. Yep, it's pretty sweet. It, not very is there still a pillar then? No. Do you know? Have you seen them as a convertible? <laughs> so they don't have they don't <laughs> have a they don't have a B pillar? No. Wow. That's it's gorgeous. That's pretty cool. It's ridiculous. I really like that. Yeah. There's not many cars with factory suicide doors. Uh, there's the no. roller. There's that car obviously, the Rolls-Royce and then I'm sure there's probably some stuff from the Some 40s that we don't even know about. Yeah. stuff that no one wants to know about. So anyway, that's my Chris Austin shout-out. Thanks, Chris, for rating us on iTunes. For sure. Yep, you're our favorite. If you, rate us, yeah. if you rate us on iTunes and we know who you are, we'll shout you out on the podcast. Absolutely, why not? And if why we don't not? know you, we'll still shout-out. This that's is fine. the only thing we can do now because we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we wanted to... We're thinking about what we want to do for this show. So we're like, maybe we need to take a step back and talk about why we're here anyway. Because we've kind of talked about the topic of how we got into cars and racing but we haven't really dove into that so i guess we're just gonna like i said take a step back talk about that talk about how we got into this what's reminisce a little stupid things we did as kids make fun of each other all that stuff so is there anybody that wants to uh tee this off i think we should start with robbie because michael and i's stories are very similar and I, I think Robbie's. Well, you want to knock out the two similar ones first or you want me to go first i don't care robbie's might be more interesting but that's okay as long as Robbie's prepared. I don't really know if it's interesting. But anyways, um, we'll make it interesting. So anyway, Robbie, so I guess a little story before that. Adam and I come from hot rod households, I muscle guess. Muscle car or, families. Yeah, muscle car families, whereas Robbie doesn't. So Robbie's kind of the oddball in this case. He's the black sheep in his family. I'm yep, the, I'm the, absolutely. Oh, without a doubt. I'm the, I'm the, farm, <laughs> I'm the farm kid, really. Um, his dad's a vet. His no, brother's a marine biologist or something weird. No, he's a biomedical engineer now, or he's going to school for that. God, he's super smart, so smart. like annoyingly smart. Yeah. If we were smart, we'd have more race car money. Or we'd be smart enough not to have race car not money. Not to spend all the money on race cars. <laughs> that's not, that's not the, the vibe we want to spin here. Okay. Let's, not, let's not go there. All right, Robbie, what do you got? Um, uh, well, I was all, first, it was started with motorcycles, because my dad I had a dirt bike when he was a kid thought that we had to have dirt bikes when we were kids we would get uh, we'd go out and ride trails and do that like every sunday and then while we were doing that I was, I was always into like freestyle motocross stuff like that and so it's just all motorsports in general um let's see how old were you when you started trail riding gosh i don't know 12 maybe a little older than that is there like a because I, I had a yamaha ttr 90 and then i outgrew it and then got a 125 
Is there like a little track around there that you, or did you go out to a farmhouse? Or? It was out by Dune, Iowa. They, had, they used to. Now they got bought and closed down. But it was some farm area had all these trails down by the river, and there was mostly just four wheelers, but you could take your bikes on it. And yeah, so like on a Friday night, of course, it's just full of a bunch of drunk people on their four wheelers. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> Obviously, well, I bet, not. I bet the no time, one like, ever got hurt there. Welcome yeah, to small town Iowa, people yeah. that are not from here. Yeah, you guys will the, never understand. The only rule was if you meet somebody, you go right. So, like, you both cut off into the opposite direction so you don't hit each other the So when you're on. drunk, you just veer to the right. Hit, hit the tree. Don't hit the other person. Got it. Yeah. Yep. If you're going to hurt somebody, make it yourself. Kill yourself. Yep. Absolutely. So we always would it's go fair. on Sundays after church because that was when no one was there. But Beat yeah. the crowd. Well, yeah. Sundays were always quiet. So, yeah. We always did that. And then that led to, I remember watching Motorcycle Mania with Jesse James on Discovery Channel. And it's weird to say, Michael but like, loves I love Jesse James. James. That just like changed my life. It went from being, oh, I want to ride dirt bikes to, I want to create just the craziest shit. And it was at the time I was, I was, I had a bike. I didn't even have a moped yet. I was like, I was underage, like twelve. So then I bought I a moped. Mopeds were good. I, I ended up getting a moped, and then of course I pimped it out and had underglow on that just too. Ball it. Anyways, oh. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Did you, I had, I, did you really? It was have the only one that wasn't on your blue. Moped? It was green. I had green underglow. You had lights on your. Oh, it was man. awesome. We all did. Dude, how oh, did this God. not come up as your worst Holy mod? Because it was a moped. That was count. underglow <laughs> on a moped. I think it counts absolutely. <laughs> Actually, if anything, it's cooler. No, I don't no, think that not. it is. It it's wasn't. not at all. But yeah, so I watched the that motorcycle mania, and I I still watch that probably once a year all those and then uh that got me into just modifying stuff in general so like i tried to soup up a bike and made like a, a, a chopper bike with uh, a long for, uh, frame and you're talking about like a, a pedal bike like a, yeah like a pedal bike i had with a huge super long that forks a, that was a thing though for it a while. was People for were, quite and a while. i think it was around that time when jesse james was you know had like six tv shows or whatever yep. build monster garage and whatnot people were like i'm gonna make low rider bikes a couple of my buddy, uh, friends had them Yep. That's not the worst thing to do. I I think it'd be kind of fun. That's kind of cool. I don't get you fabricating really like bike, but it'd be cool. If you're 12, it's a lot cooler than you know not. I would have made a go kart or something, I guess. But yeah, I always wanted to make a go kart. I I had blueprints and all that stuff drawn up, and I'd go to my dad. Oh, we should make this. Never, <laughs> not once. Get some blueprints out of the back of the boys' life magazine. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I would do. Make it out of uh, fucking wood. Plywood. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They had like a hovercraft in there that you use a <laughs> vacuum cleaner for. A friend of mine bought that plan. Never worked, but yeah, yep. I remember it was that. a good. It was a good plan. Yep. So I did that, and then I oh, see. So, so I'm trying to think how it all kind of spaced together. First, I did the bike and, I, and the Jesse James idea of it. So I'm like painting it myself and doing the flames the same way they do it on the uh, show. Because I'm like masking it off and cutting it with a razor blade and like shit this guy an airbrush i remember that yeah so I, I did that and then that led to all the stuff i needed to get for the bike i, I was getting from like lowrider bike magazines and those catalogs which led to the lowrider cars there's a so, lowrider bike magazine yeah it's, it's impressive probably not anymore but i don't know yeah, i don't know about now but it's like probably you know, web-based now but yeah they, so that led to i i subscribed to lowrider magazine when i was like 14 <laughs> So I was I was acting like <laughs> so I was like, big into like the lowriders. Straight so I was mini trucking all the time. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. No, with it, was, mini it, was the, it was like the '64 no. Impalas. So I was big into that. Some like hundred spoke golds. Yeah, do you have some yep. Dayton's? Some knockoffs. I, I didn't have that. But anyways, oh, so that that led to me wanting to build a show car. Yeah, that's exactly it. Lowrider magazine. Still 
Lowrider magazine is, but that's that's cars. We're it's a legit. Lowrider. There's a Lowrider bike magazine too, I think. Like it's the same people because Lowrider bikes will do yeah. hydraulics they'll and like a, stereos. What? And, oh, yeah, yeah, they'll make a, bikes. They'll like, make two, a like car a, and then they'll make a bike that's the same theme and oh. they go together. At yeah, car they'll, shows they'll gold and stuff. plate it and do like gold flake in the paint. Like they'll spend two grand on this bike's paint job. It's insane. Wow. But that led to show to cars. Their own, man. We need a magazine apparently because you can just spend stupid money on stuff and people will buy your magazine. That's true. We could we could tell you that. Look at Dub. Yeah, it's good. Uh, point. Buy that magazine to just see how stupid people are with their money. Yeah, yeah pimping on H 2s Anyway, yeah. So that led to I went from bikes. I've, I've always liked motorcycles, but I've always had a really healthy fear of um, like just I don't know crashing into something. Basically, my ripping bro- your my, face off. Yeah, my brother who's like super calm bought an R six. And he's gone faster than me, and that still bothers me to this day. He's gone 100, I think 168 miles an hour, and I've only gone 140, Ooh, and it bothers me. I fast on a bike. Yeah. Not ever. Yeah, that sounds absolutely terrifying. Yep. A rabbit can't will end you. that he would do that. That quiet little... Yeah. Wow. And then I haven't. That's the weird thing. So I've, your game. Always, I've always been kind of scared of motorcycles, so like I never got into it after I crashed a few times doing dirt bike stuff. And then that led to the wanting to do a show car because of the lowrider scene and wanting to have that type of car. But I never was into the... It, I like the Impala, so I just, that, that wasn't my style. I didn't want to own one of those. So that... Could have made a lowrider 240 and changed the game. That, no, Damn it, that would have been awful. Damn it, that would have been so bad. <laughs> Giant gold fleck paint job. No, and but I remember... Hydraulics, yeah, the whole nine yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I remember the thing, the one thing that really turned me into, like race cars and like obviously at first it was show cars was the super street magazine where they had the v12 2jz top secret supra on the cover oh though no. um it was the gold super i can't the, i can't, i know which one you're, i had that magazine had, too. The, yep, the v12 came apparently they put that in some giant no like, no they, they they fabbed up two two jz's together and to make it a v12 i'm sure because yep. toyota had a v12 no the, the, this was top secret fabbed up a two two mm-hmm. Jz's together to make one B twelve. It was I just don't remember that. I guess crazy. So then that led to wanting to have some sort of a tuner. Always wanted to do show car stuff, but not to the point where it was like, you know, fountains in my trunk type bullshit. You didn't want to go the full uh, <coughs> pit my ride. Pit my ride. I did route. not. I hated that show. Uh, Exhibit shows up to your house. There's a bunch of crazy shit. So if you car. if you Google pit my ride, you can find like these where they're at now type of deals, and the people who had those cars done will like talk about them two, three years later, and I mean, everyone knew that what they were doing was poorly done at best, but the horror stories, oh my gosh. I can only imagine. Dude, yeah. like, well, I mean, you were, you're talking, they had they had your car for eight months, and... Well, then they never fixed the actual then, problem. Yeah, stuff, stuff was broken, like that guy with the fish in the wheel, they had like a... What? Yeah, there was like a, a little... Like small aquarium type thing in a center cap or some shit, and that fish like died instantly. Well, obviously. Well, of course, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, just bad stuff. Yep. Yeah, that show was. I hated that show because every time they had those people on there, they're always destitute, and they had some reason that they really needed their car. But then they completely fucked their car up. So it's it was like, yeah, yeah, I like to no. take my, you know, I got to take my family to church on the weekend, blah blah blah. Completely gut the back of it and put, <laughs> you know, like a fucking wall in there. I'm like, yeah, that's really helpful. You're really helping these people. Or the TV under the car. Well, you know, that type of crap. I was surprised that there was one episode where they put um, spark plugs in the exhaust and were feeding fuel through it, and they were out shooting flames out of the back. Apparently, that was the line for that show. 
because the manager of the shop came in and yelled at him. Huh. He said, you can't do that. Uh, I had a friend that did that in high school. He tried to start a, a telephone pole on fire. Oh. With the exhaust? Yeah, like he put a spark plug or bought a flamethrower kit or some shit. But it doesn't work, just so everyone out there knows, like, it takes a lot of flame to start a fire, or to start one of those on fire, and your car is not going to pull it off. What? Why did he want to set a telephone pole? This is the same kid that shot part of his hand off when he was, quote-unquote, cleaning a gun. Impressive. I didn't, you know. top-notch individual. I shouldn't say he was a friend of mine. He was a a fellow classmate. Fair enough. Yep. So when did you buy the 240? I bought the 240 in 2000, uh, I think, I want to say it was either the fall, like late fall of 2006, like December, or it was January of 2007. I can't remember the exact time. I just know that I drove up to Minneapolis. I bought it off eBay, and I didn't meet the reserve, but he said he'd sell it to me for what I paid, what I want it for, if I didn't take the 19-inch rims, which wasn't a problem because I didn't want them anyways. I had 19s on it. I had it. 19s on it when I when, like when, I, when I bought it. I can't remember. But yeah, so they, they put stock steel. That car wasn't in real good shape, was it? It was pre- prior salvage, bone stock. It wasn't in great shape. Hmm. I mean, I could have put... run? I could, oh, yeah, it ran perfectly fine. I could have put new tires on it and just been completely fine for a while, but obviously that wasn't the goal. So I went up and bought that you car. You KA in there. You got to get like that it. out. And it was automatic, which is... <gasps> my, my, that was I, an automatic car? Yeah, you yeah. converted that to a manual? Yeah. That's not fun, is it? It's easy. It was it? They make a kit for it? Auto to manual is super easy. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it would be like to go the other direction. I don't know why. Anyone I know with newer cars, it's real hard because their yeah, computers all the are all different junk, and all that no, horse shit. Yeah. You know, like, the car, the engine I bought had... I guess this is way down the line, too. I went to the SR20. But, yeah, that had manual computer, manual transmission. All I needed to do is really get, like, the the cylinder, um, master cylinder and all that stuff and drill, drill a couple holes and put a pedal in, and it really wasn't that bad. Hmm. So beware, because his clutch pedal is self-mounted. It'll probably fall off someday. Nah, I did it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, I, I bought that car, and then, of course, the full intent was to make body kit full show car all that stuff the hot import night the hot import night obviously so i bought it and then stripped it down like the first month i had it bought that body kit bought all the other stuff made it full show and then after about a year i got got sick of it and wanted to do something more fun with it and then got into autocross with you guys uh, that wasn't until like 2013 yeah that was pretty I, late I went in the to game. A, mm-hmm. a bunch of years of college and then finally it, that car sat for probably four years without really getting any miles on it lots of rollerblading in the middle there, there was a lot of rollerblading in the middle right yeah a lot of people don't cars. know that you, you guys are really into rollerblading yeah not so much anymore we're getting old and decrepit i try to but Joints uh, hurt. yeah it's hard to get out of bed in the morning. it's amazing how just a couple of years can really change how quickly you bounce back from an injury yep but yeah robbie and i have been friends for years and we originally met through rollerblading yep now you're doing autocross things racing things race car yeah. things yeah, I mean, as soon as I started racing and actually doing autocross and that type of stuff, it was there was no turning back. I mean, that's a whole different game. It's so much more fun. I can't go fast enough. Can't heard just, that. I mean, can't yeah, do you're, enough. You're ruined, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, it's ruined. You your are life. welcome. Your life is ruined. You will never have money. No, you will never be financially stable. That's fine. And you'll always be in pursuit of. Paycheck to, to paycheck. Doesn't matter if those paychecks are $1,000 or $10,000. You are paycheck Spending to paycheck. All of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. My mom should probably not know what my bank account is right now. 
Yeah, no, I did. I came from a farm family. My my dad does embryo embryo transfer work in cows. My grandpa before him was a dairy farmer. I worked on a dairy all through high school, most of college. My my brother was a marine biologist, then went on to be a biomedical engineer, and then I was the. Has he made our little bears yet? Or little giraffes or whatever it was we were going to yeah, make. He's going to invent pygmy animals. Yeah, that's our goal. That's, that's going to be his thing. Yeah, yeah that's what we want. Thing. Like small, you know, like a two foot tall giraffe. Who doesn't want that? I, I told him that has to happen. So yeah, I was definitely the odd man out in my family getting into cars because I went to automotive school first. And my parents aren't the type to push me anywhere because they want they obviously wanted what's best for me. Just good. But, but I encourage your kids to do whatever it is they yep, want. But I said no way. I'm never. I'm never going to go to a four year college. I'm never going to use anything past a technical degree and i went to automotive school first because i just love cars i loved working on them and then realized i love working on them for myself not for someone not else. for other people it's a huge difference between playing with cars yep. and working on cars exactly huge difference yeah yeah <clears throat> cool so i guess yeah yeah so it's just kind of an obscure way of getting to it since i really wasn't influenced besides magazines and tv it's cool though because you know it provides a very different viewpoint of it yeah because adam and i have been ruined since birth because i don't i'm sure it was the same way for you but i actually don't know what my first memory is of car things i'm like robbie i'm sure robbie can to some extent pinpoint and say this is when i turned the corner and this is when i got into cars because it's been forever for me cars have been literally a part of my life since day one yeah i mean i was a race car for halloween at one point and the whole nine yards <laughs> how were you a race car for halloween uh so my mom had she took like a moving box and we got like these suspenders that had like checkered flags or something and uh just like so i stood inside the the cardboard box and it hung around my waist and it was painted to look like my dad's 62 tempest drag car and i had like this little plastic helmet that i put on this race car helmet so this is going on the Instagram, right? If I can find it, it it's right. I, I will post it. I don't know. I suppose like, I could that. I could try to find some pictures of my uh, my lowrider days because I know there's pictures of me working in the garage. I had like blankets hung up on the walls as like we a, could find as a modified bike. paint booth. Oh my god! My parents my parents were totally on board with this. I, I his mean, parents I, I was, were pretty open minded. They yeah, had, they, they let he me, had a skate park in his driveway for yeah, a while. I had, I had a couple quite of a skate. I had a a six foot quarter quarter uh, quarter pipe in my driveway just completely blocked off one of our garage doors and that stayed that way for probably what two years that's parenting done right yeah yeah go robbie's parents if oh. you're listening to this thank you yep <laughs> but right, yeah Adam. i uh so i went to my first my parents were big into drag racing i was born in kansas and where I, we where we were living in kansas we had like six drag tracks tracks within a two-hour drive of us, which is really hard to to like imagine when you live here and there's one an hour or so down the road, but then that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when it made a lot more sense for my family to have a full dedicated drag car. My dad has had, had a not-street-legal drag car from the day I was born till i was 16 17 years old i mean that's always been so i always i always blame him for ruining me when it comes to my definition of race car because like right now autocrossing the big popular class is street touring and it's just not interesting to me because the idea of bolting on some basic suspension modifications in a cold air intake and going racing that's not a race car that's a car you drive around because it's fun it's not a race car and i just can't get my head around that you got to have a roll cage you got to have tires that aren't legal on the street you got to have like 
open header exhaust. That is a race car. So it's my dad's fault, really. But yeah, <laughs> I agree with you to some extent. No, I'm, I'm right there with I, you. It's not. That's not the class for me. No, it never will be. I'll never build a car that's lower than street prepared. I th- and I think for me, it's more an issue of it's. There's it's not some. Yeah, yeah. There's some level of of this. You know, your interest reflected in that car. So if you've just got a stock car, that's to me that's not really interesting because it's not reflective of who you are or what you like. I could own a, a car that's my daily driver that is got some street touring feel to it. And when my race car, when, not if, but when my race car is not race it's ready, yeah. it's broken down. I, you know, burned a hole through a piston because I'm running way too much compression and boost at the same time. It'll get me through the next couple weeks, months, whatever it takes for me to fix that car. I can still go and race with my daily if I have to. Right. That I have no problem with. But people, and I'm not knocking them. I think it's great. I'm glad that you're at least doing it. You know, it's better to get out there and do something than not do it at all. But I can't. It it's can't just not me. for you. It's just yeah, it's not okay. me. So, but anyway, my my first drag racing experience. I was two weeks old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was born in June, so it was nice out, you know. And and uh, I pretty much, if I wasn't at a drag race, we were at a swap meet, we were at an auction, we were at a car show, we were at something. Basically, every weekend of my entire life. So you know, when I was growing up. Everyone else's families goes to Disney World and Yellowstone. We went to Amarillo, Texas for a drag race. You know, that was what my family did. We owned a camper that had a big block Chevy in it so that it could tow our enclosed trailer and we went racing. That's that's what we've always done. Um at one point in time we had well over a dozen cars, you know, that were ready to go. Drivable cars. My dad's always had you know, when we lived out on the acreages and stuff like that, we always had a row of junk cars in the yep. pasture. Like, yep. you know, it's not weird to me to pull into somebody's driveway and knock on their door and ask them if they want to sell that car. It's just what I grew up doing. Nobody can load a trailer as fast as my dad and I. You know, I, when I was five years old, I was crawling underneath cars and hooking up ratchet straps for my dad. That's just what I did. So <laughs> it's kind of weird. But then, uh, when I was eight, eight or nine, I called my dad and asked him a couple of questions about this because I don't remember it real clearly. When I was eight or nine, um, my dad had an opportunity to put me in a friend of ours junior dragster, and I was real apprehensive about it, not real pumped about it, very nervous, frankly. But they talked me into it. They got me strapped into the car. I made a pass, and after that it was, yeah, we're going to own one of these. I was beyond ecstatic about it it was a blast so for those of you who don't know what a junior dragster is they look like a full-size junior dragster but they're or a full-size or like a full-size you know dragster a rail rear-engined but they're i don't know if they're half or three or one-third probably one-third scale yeah probably uh, and they've they got use, five horsepower Briggs they and use a five horse Briggs and stratton uh as you get older you can gradually go faster and so you can build more power and and they have gotten so out of control now that you can buy what they call a blockzilla which is a billet aluminum machined block that resembles a five horse briggs and stratton and <laughs> and they run eighth mile not quarter uh my first car ran like a mid 12 second eighth mile at around like between 50 and 60 miles an hour mm-hmm. and then we bought a second car when my little sister turned eight and she started racing with with us as well. We bought a second car for me that was a Chromoly 
chassis, so it was significantly lighter than my mild steel car we had before. Uh, and it made more power, and that ran a low 10 at between 70 and 75, which I know doesn't sound real fast, but there's a lot of street cars out there that barely run 10 second eighth miles. So. And when you're 12 years old, that's fast. And you're when you're literally an inch off the ground and you're 12 years old, it's flying. So um, my motors, they were very, very high compression, probably in the between 10 and 10 to 1 to 13 to 1 compression area. We ran full methanol on them. They ran these giant Makuni carburetors. Uh, you have to tell a story about the spark plug. <laughs> yeah, we blew a spark plug out of the top of one. Uh, there, <laughs> so if you don't torque them down, they will come right back out. Uh, the The motors are bolted together with this big griddle that goes on the top and the bottom, and there's big like half-inch studs that run and just sandwich the motor together so that you don't blow it because the, if you're running a factory block, the, you can separate the head from the top of it because the the factory threads are not up to the task so yeah they're pretty serious cars you after every pass you go through and make sure everything's still together because they ran some serious rpm i don't remember what but it was a lot more than what they ran factory and they would rattle themselves apart those have viscous clutches in them or they they're like a snowmobile yeah okay yeah so it's just a you know cvt i guess sort of thing yeah uh there's no there's no burning out or anything like that. You just, you, we'd pull through the water box and then you'd light them up real quick and stop just to get a little bit of heat going, but they're not going to pour smoke out or anything right. like that. It wasn't quite that cool. But then, I mean, it was, you know, we always had 10 or 12 people, 16 people that showed up with their kids and their juniors, and, and that's what I grew up doing. You, everybody else went and played baseball, played football, whatever. I went to the drag track and, and raced, and there was just as many girls as there were boys, and I don't know if it'll be a go-kart or a, or a dragster, but I can assure you my kid will be in the same boat. So you did that. How how long or how old were you when you stopped doing the junior dragster? Uh, I turned 16, and the original intention was for me to go to a door slammer car because when you turn 16, you can move into real full-size right. cars. Yep. Uh, but then skating kind of took over, and that and I stepped away from cars for a few years. And then at some point, you bought the Omni. When was that? Well, so when I was living here in Ames, uh, a friend of mine that I met in high school or in college doing stereo stuff moved down here. A guy that he works with races at the NQS events in Marshalltown all the time. I had the Audi at the time. Sounded like something interesting to do, so we, I took the Audi down there and got hooked. And originally, the money that bought the Omni was supposed to buy another daily so that I could drive the Audi, which turned out I'm glad I bought the Omni now. <laughs> you made the right but, choice. Uh, sure. I've had the Omni for about three years. Um, I was just cruising Craigslist. Actually, we were at Good Guys talking about um, Shelby clones, and for some reason I decided to Craigslist search Shelby and see if there were any clones for sale. And... Uh, um, that popped up under the Shelby search, and uh, I got a hold of the guy, bought it right then and there. So I've had it for three years. It didn't run didn't run well when I got it. wasn't terribly reliable when I first bought it. Figured out there was some electronic issues, fixed those, and and it's been nothing but racing since. So the weird thing is, I feel like you stole that thing for what you paid for it. I paid two grand for that car. You couldn't build that car for ten. 
I don't know why <clears throat> it was for sale for so long. Didn't you try calling the guy and he wouldn't return your call for a long time, though? So um, that wasn't the first time that car had come across our path. Um, <clears throat> about a year or so before that, me and two of my other friends, we had a, a small shop unit that we were renting. It's a mini warehouse. We were doing car things out of that. Uh, we were looking into getting into a lemons and chump thing because we didn't realize the we're skip, vast skipping some steps. Yeah, we didn't realize <laughs> the vast amount of effort it takes to run one of those cars at all, let and alone money competitively. Still, yeah, even if it is cheap racing, yeah. it's still so expensive. It's still ten grand a race. Yeah, the first time you do yep. it. Yeah, you're throwing but in a grand each. We were year. like, yeah, let's buy a chump car, you know. And um, a guy that one of my friends work with knows. A guy who lives in Gilbert that had the car. He didn't own the car. He had it for the family. He was trying to get it running so that, the, <clears throat> excuse me, so they could sell it. Well, so so take a step back. So your car was owned by a guy's name was Bart Bart Holden, and he owned it since it was new. I am second owner, and he he raced. He basically built the car and raced it for how many ever years that was. That car has I don't remember. It's less than fifty thousand miles. So he, he bought uh, it, it new. He bought it brand new. He drove it, I don't know, not a couple years, my understanding, and then got in an accident with a deer, uh, fixed it on his test drive to see how it was going. He hit another deer, <laughs> and it was decided at that point that this car was not meant to be street legal, or streeted. And it that was, was the powers that be telling you. Yeah, it's that was like, you know what? No, car. you're done. This car is going to be. You did not listen the first time. This car is going to be towed from place to place now. And ever since then, it's been a full-on race car. So anyway, it was somewhat, maybe not infamous, because it wasn't in a bad way, but people know the car. It's quite famous locally. Yeah. And he raced in SCCA for years and years and years, and then he passed away. And when he passed away, it obviously went to the family, and then this mm-hmm. is where you were picking up. They he, were trying to get it. He kind of left the autocross scene because he got into spec Miata, and that car sat for a dozen years, even oh, okay. though he was alive. Gotcha. But... uh they drug it out. Dick Struve had it, uh, trying to get it running for the family again. Dick Struve was Bart's best friend growing up. They were college roommates. Dick has been incredibly instrumental in allowing me to keep that car, get it running, and keep it running. So, But um, he had it. Josh and Don went and looked at it with the idea of taking it chump racing. And they told us they wouldn't sell it to us for that. Oh, it's way they, too nice of a car for that. They didn't. Yeah. Well, we didn't know what we were looking at, you know. Yeah. So then, um, I think Josh offered them like twelve hundred dollars just to buy it, to have it, not to take it racing. Yeah. Or a chump racing anyway. Yeah. And uh, they turned him down, and Bart or uh, Dick told him, "If you're not going to take money that people are offering you, then I don't want it in my shop." And so they took it and parked it back in the garage again. And then a year later, I found it on Craigslist and bought it. But he wasn't returning my phone calls. So I got Dick Struve's phone number from Josh. Mm-hmm. And um, then I called Dick and got the name or got the phone number for the guy who had it and called him myself because I was dead set on buying it. So that's how I ended up with it. Fair enough. We went and looked at it one day, came back the very next day and... and With cash money. Cash money home. and took it home. Did you drive it home? No, it didn't run reliably. Oh. It would, it would start and you could drive it for a little while, but then it would start backfiring and, and running really weird. And that turned out to be the Unilite chip and the distributor was shot. Mm. But uh, we rented a U-Haul 
trailer and towed it home behind Don's Jeep. <laughs> Fair enough. So it was a good time. So Well, yeah. so yeah, like I said earlier, I've been I've been in the cars longer than I can ever remember. I know when I was I think it was around the time that I was born, my dad had a sixty six Chevelle three ninety six. They didn't have the original drivetrain four, but he had a Muncie four speed and a four fifty four that he was trying to put in it. And um I guess Around the time that I was born, he'd been working on this project. He decided to sell it to put air conditioning in the house because they had a baby now, so they felt that they needed to have air conditioning in the house, and he was wrong because the car <laughs> would be worth a shitload of money now. Could have bought a lot of air conditioners now. Could have almost <laughs> bought a house, but, you know, whatever. That's fine. Depending on what house, you for sure could have bought a house. They have to live with that decision now. I, I had no bearing on that. I, I think every guy who's been in the car world for... 20 or 30 years has that car that what the fuck was i thinking this is why i can't sell anything because i i regret it might be worth something yeah Yeah, it might be worth something or i'm gonna regret it after i sell (laughs) even my dad has that because he in i think it was high school or shortly thereafter he bought a 67 chevelle and i don't know what i don't know if it was like wrecked or i know he rebuilt it i don't know what that means he never really has ever gotten into details details of exactly what that entailed but i mean and it wasn't like a show car or anything like that it was just his car yeah but yeah, he sold that thing too when he got married, and I'm sure today yeah, that'd regret be it. Worth. My dad's got a list. There's '69 Chevelle. There's '70 SS, 454 Monte Carlo. There's Broncos. There's Blazers. It just goes on and on. My parents made a list once, and they agreed that they would only count the car if both of them remembered owning that specific one and quit counting after they were well into the hundreds. So this is why <laughs> this is why I won't sell anything. Because you know when our parents were our age. My dad could go and buy a 67 Firebird that didn't run, didn't have a motor in it for a case of beer, you know? Right. And then he would strip it down, take all the parts off of it that are worth anything, and he'd take them to swap meets. My dad's car habit was self, self-sufficient. It funded itself for a long time Yeah. when I was little. It's too much information on the internet now. You can't do that anymore. No, it's too hard to do that. But I'm going to try and bring it back. <laughs> So that was that's probably the earliest memory I have. I don't remember the 454 Chevelle or the Monte Carlo, but apparently that was around that same time too. But uh, always into cars, had you know different cars. My dad bought that 70 GMC pickup um, from that guy in Indianola that he did a job for. The one you have now? The one we have now. So you've had that for quite a while? I've had that for 15 years, maybe more. So he did a job for that guy at his house because my dad's an electrician, and uh, the guy had the truck sitting there. And he had a original Airstream too, so he had that truck and an original Ooh. Airstream. And I think <laughs> he, he should have bu- got the Airstream. They want they want a bunch of money for that. Well, yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah, at the time that was way more valuable than the truck. This is kind oh, of before yeah. these C10, C20 trucks blew up. But um, he asked him at the time if he would sell it, and the guy said, "I'll sell that truck," or he said, "No, I will never sell that truck in my lifetime." He said, "That truck will leave this house when I die." So. A couple months later, my dad's driving around that same neighborhood, and he sees that that truck's for sale, and he's like, oh, shit, Jerry died. <laughs> <laughs> so he felt obligated. That's not funny, but wow. No, but that's what happened. So he felt obligated to buy the truck, so he bought that truck. That truck's got 86,000 miles on it. It's basically 100% original, other than at some point it had a little fender damage, and Jerry had it repaired, but um, it. Uh, I guess at some point he added AC and power steering and all that fun stuff to it, because apparently Jerry was a masochist, and... Didn't have any AC, no power steering, no power brakes. Man after my own heart. <laughs> it's essentially a three-speed, even though it has four speeds, because the first gear is like useless. ten to one or totally something. Totally useless. Yeah. So it's in no creature comforts at all. But it's, it's like pretty cool. My dad's Scout, 
the first gear, if you have it in four-wheel low and you have it in first gear, it was specifically designed so that you could get out of the truck and help push yourself out if you're stuck. <laughs> it's that slow. <laughs> so then after that, when I was, I think I was about 12 or 13, I remember I was, I was in middle school and I got called out of class to call my mom in the principal's office. I was like, oh, fuck, this, this isn't, well, you know, when you're 12, you don't say, oh, fuck, this is bad. But that's essentially what it was. Yeah. Someone so, died. Somebody died. So I go into the principal's office and, you know, call my mom and t- sitting there in front of the secretary talking on the phone. And my mom's like, yeah, we found you a 79 Camaro Z28. <laughs> Do you want to come look at this tonight? And I'm like, and I'm like sitting there like the fucking assi- the assistant's like staring at me on the phone, you know, wondering if I'm going to break into tears because somebody died. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Anytime sure. that happens. Right. She knows it's going to end poorly. Right, right. And I'm like, uh, yep, sounds good. Thanks, mom. <laughs> So I was super pumped that day. The rest of the day at school, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm getting a Camaro." <laughs> you've so, had that car since you were 12. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I, uh, I mean, I knew you've had it a long time, but yep. Yeah, I've had it since I was 12. I remember we went on the test drive, and this dude, the people we bought it from, were real salt of the earth, you know, type of people. The guy that bought it, he apparently drove it home, and he drove it like 50 miles with an engine knock and just completely destroyed the motor that was in it. So it's got some truck motor in it now, but I remember at the time when you're 12 years old and you're in a muscle car that's got blown out glass packs in it, you might as well be in, in a fucking you know Lamborghini. It's it the fastest thing. It is the world's fastest car. It's the fastest thing in the entire world. My dad taking it up to three grand was enough to make me nervous, but I was like, dude, I can't believe that we're buying this right now. I, I remember driving around in my dad's muscle cars that by today's... You know, slow. They weren't that. I mean, my dad's always had some pretty hopped up cars, but yeah, they are the world's fastest thing. You're pretty sure you're in a fucking spaceship at that point. Yeah. So anyway, brought that home. Um, I kind of wanted to enjoy it for a while. I mean, obviously I wasn't going to drive it, but I wanted to be driven around in it, or at least <laughs> learn to drive in it. And my dad had other plans apparently, which involved taking the 14 layers of paint and Bondo off of it. So for three years of my, you know, middle school, high school, adolescent life was spent grinding layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of paint off of that car and then doing body work and, and repainting it. So that took three years. So when I turned 16 years old, it was about the same time I turned 16, I got the keys to that car with fresh paint on it. And when you're a 16-year-old and you have a 79 Camaro that looks like that, that's like the greatest feeling in the entire world. There's not a single girl in that high school that wouldn't want to ride with you. Right, absolutely. That was the chick magnet in high school. Whether that's true or not, please tell me in my mind, advantage of that. In my mind, it, it was true. Yeah. Oh, I did, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Constantly. Girls like it. Girls like a bright blue vintage car. They're into it. They don't or know what it is. Lambo doors. Oh, they love those things. Basically, basically the same disagree. Thing. Completely disagree. <laughs> so that was that. And then, um, you know, cars came and went. You know, my dad and I have bought and sold cars, much to my chagrin. Actually, I don't think we sold much. We mainly just bought cars. Cause you sold the coupe. Sold the coupe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm bummed about that. We still even have it, and I'm bummed about it. So we yeah. bought us. We drove down to... Where did we go? Oklahoma? Oklahoma City to buy a 68 Fiat Coupe, which is a pretty rare car, at least in the U.S. anyway. And uh, he decided he was tired of looking at it, so he sold it, and I'm I'm not super I kind of wish it. that we would have got a chance to do, just once, to do what we had talked about last summer when the when the spider broke down. Oh, swap And it. that was take all of the performance parts, the suspension, all that stuff, off of the spider and put it on the coupe. And because... 
the coupe is is very funky looking. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's got the world's biggest greenhouse on it. Like the windows are yeah, huge, it's crazy. You can see everything. There's no such thing as a blind spot. It's it's yeah, quite a yeah, deal. Yeah, the A pillar is about two inches <laughs> thick. I mean, they were not concerned about you rolling that car over. They didn't so care. So much death if you got yeah, in an accident. Yeah, so you could see all the way around you. It was so cool. But uh, yeah, so he sold it. But for some reason, we're storing it. So we got paid for it, and we still have it. Yes, yeah, so crossing fingers he never comes together. I know. I need to. Go, I need to go see it. I was in your shop, and I still didn't. We yeah, didn't open it was that in a trailer. Oh, or off, off. No, it's, to it's the on side. Your, yeah, it's, it's on your side one. Cold storage. So, but it's pretty cool. So at some point, the whole Fiat thing started because when I was, I don't even know what age it was. It was probably around the same time as the Camaro. Robert, who you guys know, who's actually Chris's dad. Yep. Second shout out for Chris. He pulled this. I think it was an eighty Fiat Spider out of a field because you know old hot rods. How long were, did they make the Fiat? That, uh, for or ni- that that spider, nineteen sixty eight to nineteen eighty three, I think. That's a really long yeah. run. Because Fiat made it for a while, and then Fiat got bored with making it, so Pin and Farina made it for like five years or something. That's really cool. Kind of bizarre. So anyway, we pulled. You know, we're old hot rodders. So we're like, this is weird, right? We should we should just see what this Put is. Put a big block in it. Yeah, and, for sure. You get small blocks while yeah. this, right? Absolutely. So we pulled it out, and uh, <laughs> my dad got it running, and I pretty sure that that's the car i learned to drive a manual transmission on was that 80 fiat and then we sold it and uh obviously i regretted it after they sold i had no bearing on that decision but i was bummed about it after real assholes it. to not yeah, ask you should, whether or not you wanted to keep ask it. The, the 12 or 13 year old if i wanted to keep the spider so that was always you know i've been there too many times niggling in the back of my mind so then at some point when i was in college my dad and i were talking about doing autocross and he had done one in a 442 which sounds like the worst time ever <laughs> comically rolling over and you know scraping door handles scraping door handles and just clouds of smoke and he said it was terrible <laughs> it makes and, so much torque i can't imagine that went well yeah and it was a convertible because you come out of a corner and you push the gas to the floor with that giant uh motor they put in there because they're really wide v so they make a ton of torque yeah boy i'll bet it just lights them up yeah 500 foot pounds of torque just a bunch of smoke and it, it sounds like a good time. He, he said it was terrible. I would have had a lot of fun. He said it was terrible. But so, it was awesome at the same time. So it was like, let's not build your Camaro into an autocross car. Let's pick another small car to look at. So um, kind of wanted a CRX, but those are worth a fortune, apparently. Um, good yeah, ones. Yeah. Good weird. ones. Super expensive CRXs. If you're looking for one and you're planning on spending a 1000 bucks, which is what I thought you could get one for. Don't even bother. Don't bother. And they're probably just getting more valuable. Any car that any CRX that's that's for sale for a thousand dollars is not the crx you want nope yeah it's a rusted out piece of shit so i would still have this fiat thing in my mind so you know secretly we're talking about other cars but in the back of my mind i'm like i want another fiat i want a fiat for sure want a fiat, fiat for life yeah for sure he's got it tattooed across his back so i i found one that for 500 bucks that was a basket case but the guy had repainted it very poorly it was like his first restoration project and at least it had paint on it and no rust that was what i was concerned about i was like i don't give a shit what the body looks like it's a race car if it's all there and it's not going to fall apart, I can work with that because we can put shit together. That's not a big deal. And all the parts were there. So we put that together in six weeks, and it had um, 185 13s on it or something like that. Huge tires. Just just <laughs> super narrow bicycle tires on it. We took that shit out after working on it for six weeks and autocrossed it, and I ruined those tires the first time I was out there. But it was Where? Uh, I think it was I think it was at Marshalltown. Oh, on the track? I think it was, yeah. Slowest fucking time anybody's ever done at Marshtown. But it was the greatest. <laughs> it was the greatest time ever. It was it, again. It's that same thing when you're in a muscle car and you're in a kid. I was out there, Chuck Yeager, you know, right on the edge of the uh, yeah. fucking you, sonic barrier. You and Ayrton Senna are the essentially same the same guy. 
for that two and a half minutes. So after that, I was completely <laughs> hooked, and it's all downhill from there. Uh, so I, I have a kind of a, a similar story to uh, to your Camaro, but it didn't end like your Camaro did. Um, my dad, since day one, has been a Pontiac fanatic, and we had a '62 Pontiac Tempest that we had turned into a tube chassis drag car. By we, I mean him, because I had nothing to do with it. Years later. Because I was tiny. But, um, in spirit. But, uh, Tempests were kind of like, kind of like the Fiat where they existed, they were a thing, but no one really cares about them today, except for like a few diehard people. And so when you have one, next thing you know, you have three or four. You have to. Eight. You have to. You take on this responsibility of being the guy that rescues them. Yeah. You get a phone call from a buddy and he's like, yeah, I was you know, re-roofing this guy's house and, and he's got a 62 Tempest in his barn. And well, now you're obligated to go and you get it. You have to go get it. Yeah. Cause nobody else is going to save the car. So you have to go get it. So when I was 13 or 14 years old, someone had gotten a hold of my dad or my dad, I don't know how he found it, but he had found a 62 Tempest convertible, uh, in a barn. And the guy wanted to knock the barn down and turn it into a hog confinement. And he's like, you got a truck and trailer? Come get it. I just want it out of my yard. I got a title. It's yours. Oh, even so, better. That's perfect. Yeah. So it was mostly complete. The engine was there. The The drivetrain was there. The body was relatively solid, but it wasn't going anywhere. I mean, it was a complete rebuild. It did not run. It did not drive. It didn't do any of that stuff. So... um my dad and I struck up the agreement that if it was running by the day I turned 16, it would be mine. Did he but, it needed, it? <laughs> but it needed a full-on restoration. Uh, but So we restored it. My dad rebuilt the engine. I did a bunch of the body work. My dad horse-traded some work with a friend of his to, to get it painted. I uh, painted it baby blue. It had a full white interior. It looked Fantastic, real nice looking car. God, he could have put fucking hydraulics on that. But have been hanging out uh, with Robbie. No, because so <laughs> it had. I had today. the slant four in it. Um, those have a transaxle and a and what's called a torque tube. Oh yeah, the the '68 Fiat has a torque tube. Really, it's a cool so, car. Yeah. For those of you who have no idea what a torque tube is, which would be Robbie, probably, yeah. and a bunch of other people, basically everyone listening to this, a torque tube is in at least in the Tempest's case was basically a very large diameter speedometer cable ran inside of a tube and that came off the output of the motor and ran all the way back to the transaxle in the back so the problem was when you had this cable instead of a solid drive shaft if you backed up really quickly or spun out on ice or anything less than ideal that cable could come unraveled inside of that <laughs> tube and you're done it's game that's it but uh i had we had the car running we had the body finished the car was painted most of it was put back together uh it had a power top that we had gotten working my dad had bought a brand new top we had had the whole interior reupholstered and i was like 15 and 8 months old and <laughs> The car just needed like 15, 16 hours worth of work put into putting the interior back in it, and it would have been done, and skating had bitten hard <laughs> at that point, and I never finished it. Oh, I, I mean, wow. literally, 
it ran, it could have been driven. It just needed the interior put back in it, and I never did it. And so when I that like the day after I turned sixteen, my dad was like, "Well, fuck you," and he put the interior back together and he drove it places. And I did get to drive it a couple times. I got to take a girlfriend out when I was in college with it once or twice. It ran out of gas. That was a bad night. <laughs> um, Obviously, wasn't Katie that girl bailed? <clears throat> yeah, she did. That didn't last long. Not a trooper. But um, yeah, I had I had that car too, where my parents bought it for me, and and we were going to fix it up, and it was going to become my first car when I turned sixteen. Except that I didn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> So and my dad has given me shit for it ever since, oh, and as he should, I, he'll probably listen to this and finally hear it. But I am really sad that I never finished it. I've never told him that. <laughs> so, Dad, when you listen to this and you call me and give me shit for it, I had it coming. Yeah, that's a good story. What do you say we do the news? Yeah, we can do the news. I'm on. I'm down. All right. So we've got uh, first thing we got on the news is there are. No less than 75 Top Gear hosts, apparently, been yeah, announced this week. Somewhere between 75 and 80. Yeah, yeah we long. don't know for sure because we can't get them no, all. they keep adding to we it. We can't get them lined up at the same time to count them. So um, I do have a list of who these actually are. Um, the first one is Chris Harris. Which is my f- favorite car guy on the internet today. Yep, I would agree with I that. Agree. Do you watch much Chris Harris, Robbie? A few. I, like, I'm not, I haven't seen near as many as you guys, but yeah, I've, I've watched I love a handful him. of his he's, stuff. He's so good. He's, just he's re- like Jeremy Clarkson in the fact that he likes to drift about and, and do stuff like that, but I think he's better at it than Jeremy He was. is. I think he's, I would go on record of saying he's the best automotive journalist in the world. Today, for yeah. sure. Yep. Absolutely, and, and I do like the fact that he's been banned of reviewing Ferrari and Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah he's back. <laughs> yeah. He's back. He, he can do it. Ferrari, but apparently, he's there's no official. He said something to Lamborghini a couple of years ago, and they're they're still angry about it. If, yeah. if you haven't read the, uh, he wrote an article, I believe, on Jalopnik. Yeah, it's on Jalopnik. ripped Ferrari. How Fer- how Ferrari spins is what quite it's a few years ago. If you've never read it, go out and find it and read it because it it's an interesting point of view and and. Uh, he really rips on Ferrari, and they, they said no more for him for a while. Yeah, they banned him for two years. And but think, they're talking about how, you know, if you're going to ta- track test a car, a Ferrari of the, <clears throat> of theirs, they want to know what track you're going to bring it to, and, mm-hmm. and they go out and they lap it, and they tune it for that they track. They tune yep. it for that track, and, yep. and I don't, I'm with him on that. They shouldn't be doing that. No. Uh, so then we have Eddie Jordan. I don't know who this guy I is. I am all on board for him. So who is Eddie Jordan? And I'm I'm not, but you go ahead. And you you tell everybody who he well, is. Well, I guess I I don't know a lot of his history, but the little bit that I have looked up, and I'm I mean he is huge in Formula One. He's managed teams. He's done analyst or uh, like um what what's yeah he was what, an, what, an, he was an analyst for BBC. Yeah, for, whatever for you want to call it. Call the talking heads like for a Formula presenter. One. Yeah, yeah. And he used to own Jordan Grand Prix, which was um. A Formula One team, yep. and that was for like 15 years or something like that. Yeah, so I, I, Is he his driven? History, I, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, he did some early years, um, like 1970s. Okay, well, that, like just I think that would be kind of a fun point of view. I don't, so I, don't I, I like his point of view, and he's kind of he'd kind of be like the uh, back in my day type of guy. I love that. So I, I think he, I'm okay with him being on board. Like, I've, I've you know who they're trying to, like, to reproduce? Tiff Nadell. Yeah, probably. 
That's what they're trying to do. Which maybe they should have just Because wasn't he on Top Gear 100 years ago? Yeah, before they revamped it in 2002. He was, he was, I mean, I think he was really the driving force of the original Top Gear. And for you youngins out there, there's one that exists before <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson. Or, well, not before Jeremy Clarkson, I guess before Richard Hammond, because Jeremy Clarkson was on Man. the original one, too. And there's one season of, of Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond Top Gear that James May's not on. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't, he sounds like an all right guy. I'm, I'm, I'm okay I think with I'm him. okay with him. I really am. All right, I'll, I'll reserve my judgment on him. No, I want to hear. I having hear never seen him, seen him do anything. I've never heard him talk. He might be a pompous jackass, but he's got the resume to be all right. My thing was, I didn't. I don't know how I feel about professional drivers on the Top Gear format. But you like Sabine? Um, I like her, but I don't know about her on Top Gear. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that yet. You like Tiff? Who doesn't like Tiff? Everyone likes Tiff. But Tiff is a really, really good presenter. Like the whole yeah. the whole theory behind the new Top Gear, I think, was they have the Stig, which is the you know the the racing driver that doesn't speak because racing drivers have nothing important to say, <laughs> and they're, they're not good presenters. And that was the whole point of having because they needed that, but they didn't want to have an actual racing driver be a presenter because they're boring. That was the whole theory there. Obviously, that's broad brushstroke. To me, it sounds like they were too lazy to find an interesting race car driver like Tiff Nadell. I think he had another TV show by then. So yeah, fifth he's, gear. He was a little tied up. Uh, so Sabine, um, again, I don't know. We'll Schmitz, see how that. Schmitz, yeah. We'll see I'm, how that turns I'm, out. She did like so when they did the German versus um, uh, UK Top Gear episode. Yeah. I enjoyed her. She was fun. Uh, I've seen some others. She. Uh, when they did the the Nurburgring lap with the Jag, and then when she raced it in the van, in the van. <laughs> she was she was fun screaming. And oh, yelling. just like she was into it. Yeah, she was super. Get into out it. of my way! And just, I'm sure I'm sure having her on is actually going to bring in a whole different realm of audience. Like not not to say that a problem brings. Well, so I have a theory about why they've chosen all these people, and these people are from different cultural walks let's say yes i think this is the whole bbc they're kind trying of to appeal to a broader spreading it out a little bit we need to be you know because 350 million people wasn't a broad wasn't enough, enough spectrum watching you know three white middle-aged guys well, that was I'm, I'm sure they're worried about losing everybody i mean you lose your three they are guys. going to lose everybody right. but yeah so good grasping at straws here with fair point yeah if we can just spread it out so we got people from all different walks of life you know maybe more people will be interested in it or we can pull in different people so that we don't lose our audience completely i'll still watch it because it's a car show and i like watching car yep. shows that's why i watch top gear us i still think it's a good show yeah, and everyone like rips it on it i might i'll probably watch it you know you know i'll probably watch it because it has chris harris and matt leblanc on it speaking of we'll bring him up next which uh robbie wasn't so sure of I like oh, Matt here's, here's how it started. So many saw, friends I, things. I saw it announced. I'm like, that's it, stupid. It seems <laughs> weird at first if you don't yep. know. Yep. If you've never seen him do star in a reasonably priced car and you just like you you'd be like, No, I'm not into yep. him. But he was really good on the show. He's really fast apparently. Yeah, so yeah. he's a genuine car guy. Yeah. So they posted the thing that said Matt LeBlanc. I'm like, that's dumb. And then I kinda looked at took a step back and like, well, okay, maybe he's a car guy, it works, people like him. And then, they, then now they came out with they have six presenters. So now I'm back on the uh, I don't want him on the fucking show. Why? Because all uh, you got the resume of like Chris Harris, Eddie, jo- uh, what's Eddie Jordan? Uh, you got Sabine. You really don't need six people. 
What's he's he, not. He's not the one I'd get rid of. Yeah, he's definitely. I would not get rid of two. But he's not one of the two I'd get. Okay, rid so of let's either. go through the next two, and then we'll 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 talk about who we're going to fire. Last two are the ones. Actually, I'd, fire. actually yeah. I'd, I'd get I'd get rid of three. Actually, I'd probably get rid of three too. But okay, so the next one, Rory Reed. I've never heard of this guy. I don't know who he is. So is he I I did some research? googling. Yeah, and apparently he. He's an edit- editor in chief of some tech website who also does car shit. Yeah, it's oh uh, shoot, what's that called? Sounds terrible. It's Rakambu. Like, yeah, there it is. The I don't want to be a part of that. Nope, don't really want to be a part of that. Um, he's done some radio presenting on cars or on BBC or something like that, which is kind of boring. Um, he has his own YouTube channel where he reviews he reviews um, cars, I guess, and he kind does of it like Chris Harris. Yeah, he does it in a format just like Top Gear. Like the way he presents the cars, the way even the way that his videographer does it, so it's it basically mimics the way Top Gear does. I kind of don't like it when people make that uh, comparison and then say it's wrong because how else are you going to? No, do I'm it? not saying it's wrong. I'm, I'm a lot I, of people rip the, on, like, oh, like when Chris Harris was just by himself with Chris Harris on cars and he was on YouTube, people would rip on him and be like, oh. This is just as well be Top Gear. Well, how else are you going to do it? Yeah, There's only the, so many ways to present a right. car in an entertaining way on the internet. Right. And and my my point to that was that I think he got it because he's already got that format built in. He's going to present in the exact way they want him to. Well, supposedly he just sent an internet to the or sent a video on the internet to the BBC, and that's how he got that gig. Yeah, like, they so, didn't even know. So he's like a techie guy then. Apparently, like yeah. is he going to be hacking my? YouTube channel and stuff like that. I don't know. I nah, so is he I'm gonna not. like tell me how awesome the Tesla is because its graphical interface is like an Apple? Probably. He's that guy that's gonna See, represent I don't, tech. I, I don't want to listen to that. Oh. Yeah, that's boring. Then we have, uh, unfortunately, we have Chris Evans. Oh, I hate Chris. My Evans. least favorite. Least favorite. Least favorite. So we've talked about Chris. Er- Chris Evans. It's comp- there's fucking there's too many Chris's. Yep. On too many. Well, that alone. That alone. We need to get rid of that. Evans. That in itself yeah. means we need to get rid of him. Um, he's a he's a morning talk show. He's a talking DJ. Head. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, a that's head. what he does. He does what we do, but not about cars. And he yeah, has fifty million dollars net worth or something like right. that. He's got a bunch of high dollar Ferraris. He probably doesn't drive. But yeah, basically, he's he's a car enthusiast. I don't. I would not trust his judgment on a car. Really? Well, there's been there's been videos or articles all over the internet of him, you know, stepping out of cars and throwing up because Shabin's yeah, driving Shabin's too fast. Driving, God, that just makes me so happy. Yep. And uh, he, I guess he crashed a car. I don't know. I didn't. Look yeah, that I saw up, that. He, uh, he, so anyway, I, I I don't know why they chose him first. I really don't get other than he was already on the BBC payroll, but yep. it seems weird to me. Yeah, I don't like that. I I don't think anything he's going to bring to the table is going to be value added to the automotive enthusiast. I think they that, just needed a a center presenter. This is the guy that's going to bring all this in together. I think the other Chris would have done a better job of without that. a doubt. I think so too. So who are we firing? Obviously Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. You're Rory out. Rory Reed. I think I'm getting rid of this Rory guy. He and I, I'd get rid of Matt LeBlanc. No, I'd keep Matt. I really want Matt LeBlanc. I'd keep Matt. I don't think he has. I don't think he has enough to add. Here's 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 what I would say, which would be a lot of fun. He's gonna I bring think. in those middle aged cougars because he's. I'm not against yeah, that, what, that guy. What about some you know light flirting banter between him and you know Sabine? That's that's you could sell yeah. that. You could sell that for we sure. We gotta get some sloots in here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all for sloots, but <laughs> I, nah, I'd rather just have him bring in the sloots. Nah, I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of Eddie Eddie Jordan. No, nah, I think he has more to add. I really do. But it's it's an entertainment show. It's not a. It's an educational show. I mean, don't get don't get it wrong. It's yeah. Remember, 
It, it they might, did a whole thing about you know if they want to be here in the United States, they have to be here for educational purposes. Yes, it's purely it was a purely educational. TV I wasn't show. entertained by that episode at I, all. I wasn't. I just either. learned things. So anyway, I guess we're in disagreement. Robbie's wrong, but we're gonna I'm get rid wrong. of <sighs> Eddie Jordan. Man, he's so. I know you can have your opinion, but Moving it's still on. wrong. Yeah. Moving on. Yep. Um, what else we got? Tesla announced. Well, didn't announce the Model Three is coming out, which we knew it's going to be about thirty five thousand dollars, which we knew. Um, it's their entry level. But they're level. way out on it yet, aren't they? Oh, like yeah, two years. I think so. Well, two the years. other the other issue is is that Tesla is just not doing so hot in general. I mean, well, the stock the, price is taking last, a beating. The last uh, like last month or whatever, first quarter of this year has do- done really well. They they, they bounce back. I guess they wanted to sell a million cars in the United States last year, electric cars, not just Tesla, but like that's what the government was expecting was oh, that really? a million of us in the, in America would buy. Electric only vehicles. This is one of those proclamations they made like ten years ago. By not even ten, like going to be, but like three years or two years ago. It was within the last election cycle. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, we barely made that globally. Yeah, I'm not surprised because I think Tesla only sold like sixty thousand. I mean, old, that, I, yeah, only is a relative. No, term, I think that's right. sixty thousand more cars than we sold. Well, yeah, but. yeah, we we're trying really hard, but we're not doing <laughs> as well as Tesla. <laughs> So, I don't know. That's not particularly remarkable news. The The thing that I thought was interesting was I think Elon kind of qualified that car slightly and said, you know, don't expect P85D levels of, you know, tech and... Of insanity. Insanity and stuff like well, that. Well, it's a $30,000 car. It's supposed to be the car that for the people. Right, but I think he's setting some expectations slightly because I think people are going to be like... I can get a, you know, there. this is what I expect a Tesla to be, and now I can get it at $35,000, and he's going, you know, pump the brakes. It's, whoa. It's not, you're yeah. not going to get a Model S. It's not going to happen. This is going to be a better-looking Nissan Leaf, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Or Bolt. Chevy Bolt. Bolt. Not Volt. The Bolt, Bolt is the plug-in. The Volt yeah. is like a Prius. I didn't even know yeah. there was a difference. Yeah, it's new, <laughs> new-ish. The Bolt doesn't look at all like the Volt. No, we're not no, very I've good. never seen one of them. I'm going to be honest. We're, we're probably not very good at electric car news. Uh, so it's not really our thing. But. There is, I hate them. There's one of those, <laughs> I hate there's so one of those Cadillac rebodied Volts. ERVs or something. I don't know. It's not what it is, but... Something like that. It, yeah. There's one in, in Ames. Yeah. It's the only one I've ever seen. So my issue with the car, I guess, is that I don't. This is electric cars in general. Yeah, we're not. Well, it? I guess ele- entry level electric cars. The issue is that obviously we know the infrastructure doesn't exist to the point where you know there's one on every corner like there is gas stations. But my concern is more. Okay, so you're making an entry level car. It's going to be thirty five thousand dollars. It's going to have like eight thousand dollars worth of incentives. So now you're in to a group of people like us that you know maybe aren't as into cars, but maybe we want an electric car. Or we think it's a great design or whatever it is. We want to buy one. I know a lot of people who own the Prius or a TDI or something like that that gets real high gas mileage mm-hmm. but wish that they could own a Tesla. But now it creates a problem because th- so there's there's a couple issues here. First was when I had my house, I couldn't plug a car into my garage because, first of all, there's new t- no 240 volt out there. Yeah, I have 20 amp service into my garage. I can't run an air compressor, and in let addition, alone charge a car. In addition to that, the city of Ames said that if I was going to make any alterations to my panel, I had to pull in a 200-amp service into my house, which it's a 1,200-square-foot house that was built in 1910. I don't know why that's necessary. But so now we're looking at... Because any time that you remodel or update any uh, structure, you have to bring it up to current 
codes. And that's what the city requires. If that if you were building if you knocked your house down and built a new one today, that's what they require. Therefore, if you do any renovations that require you to pull a permit, which that would require, mm-hmm. you have to bring it up to current two, current code. Two hundred amps though in a small house is not necessary. So I then, agree, but that's the rule. So that means then you got to trench from the the connection point in the street or wherever it was, bring in two hundred amps, and then I got to trench a new line out to my garage. And put two forty volt in my garage. What's that going to cost me? Ten thousand dollars? You know a guy, and it, it's cost prohibitive, right? So I'm not buying a. In that case, I'm, I wasn't buying a Tesla. Now that I'm renting again, I'm not going to modify my rental. It's very unlikely that your landlord will allow you to put a charging station in your house. Well, and, they they do have the the plug in for the regular outlet. But I heard but it, it takes, takes, it takes, it takes like, forever. Yeah, it yeah, takes I don't legitimately that, eight hours to do anything. Yeah, I don't. So that's I don't. It's not acceptable. No, absolutely not. I don't think that's going to work either. And you can get those fast chargers, but I guess those things cost a fortune. Well, yeah. And, and even then, your the Teslas, the one they advertise as being super fast, will charge their Model S um, from zero to full in forty minutes. But yeah, you're paying gobs of money. for And it. you got to have two forty volt. Yeah, exactly. Which we don't have two forty volt there. Still. That's a long time. Most of the time would be acceptable, but there are times where that would still be annoying. So that's my hang-up with it is I think people are probably going to get in trouble because they're going to buy one or they're going to pre-order one, and they're not going to figure out any of that shit, and then all of a sudden they're going to have to put in, you know, thousands of dollars worth of electrical work to make that that come together. I'm the only person that would think of that because my dad's an electrician. But Well, but this is – see, that's the thing is that that's the stuff that no one's talked about. Yeah. These are the things like you look at an electric car, oh, these are great, you know, these electric cars, you don't have to buy gas, you just charge it while you're sleeping. But nobody's thought about the fact that the, it's not this is an that issue. simple. No, and it's not it's not as everyday as a normal petrol powered car because the infrastructure does not exist yet. We're not even just from a construction standpoint, we're not set up for that type of charging if, yet. If all of us, if every single person in West Des Moines had an electric-powered car, the city's power grid would not support it. It would bring it to its knees. There would be rolling power outages for large periods of time until they got it sorted out. And there's only one way to sort that out, money. And that money's got to come from somewhere, which means it's going to come out of your pocketbook because they're going to bump up your property taxes. They're going to bump up this. They're going to bump up that. They're going to figure out ways to make that money back because it doesn't just... Go away. Right. So that's a good point. The other issue is is that if we don't buy gas, we don't pay road tax anymore. And gasoline, even if it's a buck fifty a gallon, only really costs about sixty cents. Because the rest of it's road tax. Yeah. That's why we noticed when we were in Nebraska last weekend or two weekends ago now that uh Gas was way cheaper there, but then we realized, oh yeah, their road tax or their gas tax is much less than ours. Right. So that money's going to have to come from somewhere too. So that is an issue that they've addressed too. They've talked about if you own an electric car, you have to pay more in registration fees or something like that because they got to get that money from you somehow. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's fair. I would rather pay for it in my gas little by little, week after week, than having a 
$1,500 registration fee or oh, whatever. Yeah. Think or of, more. So if you take all the gas you pay for in a year and you, you know, take it times 60% and you tack that onto your registration, that's going to hurt in yeah. June or whenever it comes up. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I'd much rather pay it little by little and not even realize it's happening. Yeah. And it's or they'll it, just tack it onto your, they'll raise your electric rate. I suppose that would be, would accomplish the same thing. They yeah. could they could put the gas tax on your electric bill instead. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to hurt you more then because right now the only thing you're doing with gas is putting it in your car and your lawnmower and your snowblower. You do everything with electricity. Yep. And it, so if you go to a charging point, say you go your company or whatever has a charging point, now they're paying tax on your electricity, which means that they're going to take it out of your paycheck. So. Anyway, I'm not saying I'm opposed to it. I'm just saying that I think... There's a lot of logistics that need sorted out yeah, first. We need to think about these and have these conversations before we just pre-order our Model 3s. Right. And my, those my are big, problems no one talks about. My biggest hang-up is even your best one is only going to get 200-mile range. So like, you, if you're not driving it to and from work, you can't use it. How do we like, go to Lincoln, Nebraska? No, yeah, you're not driving museum. it to Lincoln. Like, uh, Alex Roy drove one across the country. That was a lot more challenging than would have been in any other vehicle. Well, the interesting thing about that is that he was all the way down in Oklahoma and realized he wasn't going to make it to the next point, so he drove up to West Des Moines. Right. I don't know if it was Oklahoma, but it was somewhere really far out of the way. Well, the, yeah, because so yeah, we have a charging station at the high V or something. I think. Well, yeah, you go on chargepoint.com. There's 26,000 charge points in the United States. 22,000 of them are in California. <laughs> it's, it's actually a lot more. Like, if you're in Montana or up Fucked. in like Utah, there is none. Like there's one in the entire state, but like you get around here, there's, you you kind of look at it and go, okay, well there's you know there's seven or so in, you know as I got pulled up, I don't know, there's seven in Des Moines, but then you can narrow it down by connector type. There's five different connectors. Why the fuck are there five different connectors? Yeah, that's the same thing they did with the or they tried to do with the USB where they yeah. standardize it. Like well, like even like with it goes back to like the iPhone charger versus the Samsung charger. Why? Why is there different chargers? If we're going to try to make this work, you can't have different chargers. Apple's planning on making a car, and you can bet your ass it will be a It'll proprietary be cable. It's going to be a giant lightning cable. I guarantee you, yep. it will be proprietary. So I don't know. That was all on that. Um, EPA. I don't, I don't really have anything else to say about that, I guess. Um, Nothing new yet. I wrote a piece that I'm hoping comes out, should be out by the time this comes out. Um, so I'll share a, a little bit more about that. I've done some research and learned some things and have some things that have some opinions that I want to share on that on our blog on 1010spodcast.com. And we'll share it on the Facebook and the Instagram and the oh, Twitter yeah, when it comes out. So don't worry. Yeah, we'll leave that alone for now because I feel like that's been beat Go and to read death. it. Follow whatever links there probably will be posted in it. There will be links for sure. Uh, do whatever those links tell you to do. Let's try and fix this. Sergio Marconi, um, who is the CEO of Fiat, lost his mind apparently and told Motorsport.com, I think, that Alfa yeah. Romeo is going back to F1. And like they're not just like gonna because right now they have a sticker on the Ferrari car, which is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, they he wants not only does he want a a Alfa car, but he wants an Alfa power In, plant, engine. Yeah, which is. Gobs. I mean, he must have a stack of cash that no one knows about somewhere. Well, like so a, I I read some theories on that. They think, or you know, the internet thinks that maybe they could pull some money off of Jeep, Jeep and Ram, which those brands make tons of money because a Jeep hasn't had an engineer in their fleet for forty years. It's the same cars. <laughs> yeah, they just sell the same thing. <laughs> or they, they rebody a Fiat and make it worse. Yep. And uh, Ram, for some reason, people are on the are hell bent because gas prices are so cheap on buying giant trucks that they can't afford. So, which aren't electric, 
and they a good reason. Yes, and they seem to be able to charge whatever they want for them. Yeah, because you need an eighty thousand dollar truck, don't you? I need to be able to pull ten thousand pounds at any point in my day. But I also <laughs> want to be as comfortable as I would be if I were in my Rolls Royce. Right. So I want to spend no less than seventy thousand dollars on a pickup. It's out of control. <laughs> I can't it really. Is. If you come to me with something with cloth seats, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't. I want heated and cooled steering wheel and the whole nine yards. So anyway, the bent on my thing about luxury trucks, we won't go there because that's it makes, another makes topic me angry. for another day. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's an interesting idea. I, I but thought maybe I saw a figure of half. Are a they going to put a Dodge Ram emblem on a F- Formula One car because they are advertising to the very wrong crowd? Uh, no, I yep. think that was just a theory of where Fiat could get the money. But Marconi seems to be going crazy maybe because he killed off we talked about this he's killing compact dodge cars yeah he got rid of the 200 and the dart and when we went to the chicago auto show last year the we all agreed everybody that was there agreed that the chrysler 200 with the 3.6 liter v6 and the 77 speed gearbox or whatever it has in it (laughs) and all-wheel drive for 28 grand was the surprise of the auto show we're like wow this is a nice car I, that's probably the only time that that group of people has agreed on an automotive thing. Yeah, we got Subaru guys, we got V8 guys, we and and we're like, this is su- surprised, very surprised. Literally the only thing you guys have ever agreed on is fancy water. Fancy water and the Chrysler 200 being a car that was much better than we expected. So I, I don't know if that just, that just means that... But Chrysler didn't advertise it correctly, or, or what? Exa- and, and I like the Dart too. Small cars are dead. We got too many it's Robbie's. It's Robbie's world. fault. It's Robbie's, Robbie's fault. Jeez, <laughs> people are buying crossovers like Robbie. They're so, so they're so wonderful though. But if 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 FCA is going to go after a a Formula One venture, maybe they shouldn't be killing off small cars. Well, they already have a Formula <laughs> One team. Which is it's called Ferrari. It's called Ferrari, and they've been doing it longer than anybody in the entire world. And that's what they exist for, yeah. is their Formula One effort. So, I, I, in theory, I like the idea, because I like this idea of Alfa Romeo racing. I think it's yeah, I would all love, that. But, I, that. but I'd rather them build an LMP car or something like that. Yeah. You know, right now there's only three manufacturers in LMP. I'd much rather see them in there. Yeah, and it's much, much cheaper, which sounds ridiculous. And it's way more interesting because Formula One is dumb. Now, I'm not interested in it. No, I don't really care. I'm hoping the new rule changes make change that. Yeah, I know the rule changes make things look a lot better, but LMP is just so much more interesting. Yeah, I I would agree. I think so, too. There's lots of racing that they could do. They could do British Touring Car Championship with the new new Julia. Yeah, they could do that. I bet you they could build a GT3. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 4C and put it in in some smaller, lower level class, racing against Miatas or something like that. That would be cool. I would love to see that. That'd be awesome. So if Sergio Marconi's listening to this podcast in Italy, smoking a cigarette, having lunch, I would I would urge you to please stop <sighs> trying to pursue two Formula One teams, which is just asinine. So much money. Oh yeah. Well, it's got to be in the billions, doesn't it? Has I, to be. Has I to thought be. I, I thought I saw at least half a billion, but it's got to be more than that. Well, I mean, start from the ground up. Yeah. All right. Got I any other news? Ferrari can pay for it, let alone two. They, they sell you know carbon fiber keychains for two grand a piece, <laughs> and they're worth it. <laughs> that just blows my mind that a company like that can exist in today's market and make as much money as they do. Probably doesn't hurt selling a LaFerrari. I'm sure that they had a pretty thick margin in those. 
Yeah, you really think they did though? And they didn't sell that many. Yeah, I I extremely doubt that they would sell that car at a loss because they don't have to. They sold the Veyron at a loss. Well, that's VW, and they can't do shit. They can't make sensors. Yeah, they can't make electronics. Cheaters. They're cheaters. All right, I suppose. Got any other news, Robbie? No, that's it. We got to talk about the TRD Rav. Nah, not, although I'm all let's, for it. Let's not get too excited yeah. until What's, we so see t- what it Tell is. me about the TRD Rev. I read, I, I, I read the article. Um, he, the, whatever Toyota's bigwig is, uh, it's some Japanese name I can't remember. Uh, but he's a huge car guy, and uh, he wants he wants to see more interesting vehicles coming out of Toyota. Good for him. We're all about props to here him. at Ten Tenths. We're all about that, and we're not just talking appearance packages. I want a supercharged Rav with with you know Raptor style. Well, it's, it's got, suspension. I don't throttle. know if it's still the case, but they always had the same engine as like the Celicas and everything yeah. else. So, I mean, it would not be difficult to make a, a performance package for it. Yeah, but um, he went on record by saying that he would like to do something like they've done with the Tacoma. With the RAV. But oh, no one knows... The TRD Tacoma that came out last right. week that was kind of... Right. It's like a mini Raptor. It's like a mini yeah. Raptor and is a bad machine. It looks yeah, really cool. looking pretty cool. I really but, like it. Um, truck. Apparently, Toyota has a rallied uh, RAV already, but it runs a stock drivetrain. It just has like long travel suspension on yep. it. and I haven't yeah. seen it, but it sounds really cool. It's, it's pretty But neat. no one knows if it's really, A, no one knows if it's really going to happen. B, if it does happen, no one knows if it's just an appearance package like Dodge teased with the GLH Dart. Or, the or if it's S. going to be a real, like, TRD with a blower on it or something like that. Well, they gave us an STI edition. Essentially, it was them. I know it was Subaru, but they teased us with that stupid STI edition BRZ FT86 Toyota Scion thing, and it was, it, it was a letdown. Yes. There's one of those at the... Auto show, so I expect a full report on how lame it is next week. The SDI edition? Yeah, I've seen a couple pictures of it oh. uh, on random any, groups and stuff. I haven't done any research on the uh, what's at the Chicago Auto Show yet. There is an STI 86 there, so I expect a full report on how crappy and lame it is. They usually bring a modified one with them, or somebody does, that's you know a lot more interesting. But does it make 210 horsepower instead? <laughs> it was like 300, which really is not enough. No. I don't agree. I think 300 is plenty. For a factory car. Oh, no. These, get, these were full-blown modified, you know, tube. Well, but that's where it should have started. Like, the 250 to 300 range is where that car should have been. Agree. Agree. This is another thing we don't need to talk about. Yeah. We aren't a huge supporter of that car. We'll put it that no, way. No. And, and end on that note. You can find us at 1010's Podcast basically everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Adam won't let us get a Periscope or a uh, Snapchat. Nope. So I don't know what Periscope is, Periscope's but I don't know Snapchat's that I want to be a part of that. Really and I don't want to see everyone's dick, so we don't need yeah, Snapchat. Yeah, no dick pics on Snapchat. Suit yourself. <laughs> you know that you know if we got ten pictures from people, one of them would be boobies and nine of them would be dicks. Yeah, there's a hundred percent. like and no cars, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a good enough ratio for me to like. I you know I love looking at boobies as much as the next guy, but that's not enough boobies for me to want. A Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. 1010spodcast.com. <clears throat> Find us, rate us. Please leave us some feedback. You want to hear something, let us know. You don't want to hear anything anymore, let us know. Um, really just looking for feedback. And, yeah, top, and, topic suggestion would be nice. Like something that maybe we're not thinking of. Yeah, topic suggestion. One other thing I think we want to start doing is is interviews. 
So I know every every group of car guys has that old guy that they know who's super interesting. Let us know about that guy. We want to come and talk to him. Yeah. If you think you got somebody interesting for us to interview, let us know. Yep. Yeah, the one thing I'm super interested in that I cannot find enough information on is the Des Moines Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. So that's, I, that's a good shout like, out. If, you, if you know anything about the Des Moines Grand Prix, reach out to us because I want to hear about it. Yeah, we definitely want to do some research and do an actual full show on the Des Moines Grand Prix. I, I know some people. We're going to work on that one. Yep, that would so be that's coming, that's coming down the pipe, I'm sure. Yeah, so look forward to that. So, All right, guys. I think that's it for today. Thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.